Morning, afternoon, evening, and Shabbat Shalom. We are your hosts, Nadav, Charlie, Dov, and Eitan. We are four bachelors grazing the gaze of our mind's eyes along the many facets of the universe's fundamental truths, life's superficial joys, and all that lies beneath and between the two. Metaphysics and microsociology never really got kinky before now, but they're about to get dominated like never before. Welcome to the Talking Heads Club. question i'm saying yeah so the question here is is government slash politics which you could you could argue those are two very separate things i would argue they're very separate things um and that's another whole question honestly but um is government an ends or a means um so, so i'm i was saying that i think it's both uh and that in the same way that painting is the end of me moving my arm and trying to realize my and 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 and, and having a vision, uh, a government is the end of us trying to unify and organize, and that also it's a means, it's also a means for a process, the same way that painting itself is a means to an end, which is to have a painting, I think that government is a means to an end, to of course for life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, but also through, I, according to my own philosophies, it's, the, it's also a means to an end of, of progress, if we're trying to achieve a better understanding of, of the, the nature of existence. So I think that the point of modern liberalism that, that America is founded upon is the idea that there is deliberately ambiguity put in the Constitution Declaration of Independence, in, uh, in the Declaration of Independence that says that the government specifically will not lay out what the purpose of society and people's lives should be, that it is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is purposely and deliberately not outlined in government because that is not government's role. Right. Their, that's, their that's role the is to make society. Living, that's the point of a living document. Yeah. And especially one that's going to govern society where there's, they were very aware of the changes society was going to go through, not to the extent that they did. Obviously, they weren't they weren't able to see into the future and see where we're going to be at today. But they did understand that society is going to change and that's just an inherent part they, of life. They wrote that. So that's, like, it makes perfect sense. They wrote that in contrast to authoritarian and despotic governments who, right. who Sorry, made... Bruce. Who merged <laughs> ends with means and said, for example, like in an authoritarian regime that forces everyone to be communist, it's forcing upon them the values that in which they live and like what they believe will make their lives better. It is it is merging means with ends in a way that does not, in my opinion, end up successfully in history. Interestingly, in my history books, we were the good guys and you guys were the rebellious. Wait, explain this to us. Oh, yeah, I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, I learned about the revolution. Oh, I learned about it. So, so it's, it's not like on, on the syllabus for the, like, the GCSE, this is our equivalent, like the SAT kind of thing. Um, my guess would be because they know that the thing they're arguing is kind of flawed. Um, but we learned that um, <laughs> it was... Like everything was going kind of smoothly, a little bit of colonialism hither and dither. Um, <laughs> just colonialism. Just a no, bit. no imperialism. No, no authoritarianism. Just, just no mercantilism. Like a, like a <laughs> um, but we learned we learned that you guys All were sneaky and rebellious, and like the the rebellious younger child that just wants to get away from there helpful big brother that that gives them things. I feel like that view of us has not changed. 
<laughs> no. If anything, I've So why'd you decide to room with us then? <laughs> if anything, our views Shit. of America have gone worse. You, you mentioned before that you, your politics is you like you, a, a reality. I was about to say, even though we stopped shooting you, but we it's probably, a, I don't think we probably it, have like, not. Now you just shoot each other. But you, so you mentioned <laughs> before yeah. that um, your politics is like a reality TV show. For us, America in general is like a reality TV show. Like we just wait t- to see what you guys politics think. Politics is I not think, taken I more think, seriously than other things in popular culture. No, but culture. I think our politics is more reflective of society as a whole because society as a whole, we value fame and notoriety on a different yeah, level that's true. on a different level than we should i think we value it way more than it should be and you guys hold politics on a pedestal which it shouldn't be politics is government governance of the people by the people at least that's what democracy should be and you live in a parliamentary democracy we live in we live in a representative democracy and i think that our our form of politics is more reflective of how we as a society function than yours is it's interesting that you say that because there's almost a paradox that we're living in right now, which is that with the emergence of um, social media and like huge amounts of widespread communication through phones and, and news and media and all of those things, um, we're democratizing we're democratizing government more than we ever have before and allowing more people to have votes and participate and be educated than ever before. And yet at the same time, the byproduct of that is that politics is way more sensationalized way more treated as a reality tv show and way less in my opinion like a serious thing than than it was before um yeah i totally agree with that i think at the moment in the uk at least there's a massive push to sort of redefine what politics means to to society as a whole and to the individual in general for example there's a huge push to lower the voting age to 16, um, which I would argue takes politics down from the pedestal that um, Eitan was talking about because um, it involves um, you know, a much younger crowd and sort of is focused less on the old white men that run things from afar. Um, I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing, but it's just a thing that's happening. Well, you also bring up like the old white men who run things from afar, I think. Like I said earlier, our politics reflects society as a whole with like the whole theater aspect of it. And the old white, we're starting to change that narrative of the old Mm -hmm. white men governing. I think that's all that, that is reflective of society in a good way. And I think we need to really enforce that and push that more than we have. I don't think either are good actually. I think, really, I think old white men push the politics of theater and like not an inspired politics and one that's out of touch. And I think that the one that's, oh, like, the more young people are activists and the more, like, people are getting involved in shifting, like, power to young people and, and all of that is, is, is mostly, in my, in my belief, and as you see it on college campuses, a huge form of virtue signaling and uneducated people well, who are um, using, like, a political platform as a way to gain notoriety. You, you mentioned uneducated people, um just in politics as a subject. Um, I would argue there's some 16, even 14 year olds that are far more educated I agree. than some 40 year olds. But totally also I think the, per- yeah. the so, percentage of 16 to 14 year olds that are more educated than the percentage of 40 <clears throat> and 50 year olds that aren't is much larger. But it's increased yes. in the past so, three years, that's what yeah. you're saying. So, you wanna, so the argument is that totally. you, want, you, want the, you want a more potent uh, demographic, when demographics, it's more potent with uh, 
that's a higher proportion of people that can be considered mature by the most amount of people. Um, and so by including people younger than 18, uh, you're diluting that. Uh, and that weakens people's trust uh, in the institutions that we're all supposed to be participating in. And it makes, and I think that that's, that's where the danger comes in. So if we, can, can I ask a question to that then? Yeah. To venture actually into politics now, I'm going to do it. No. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say this. So if you're saying that that makes politics into something that's for more mature people because there's the 18, and that, and that age is a factor in maturity, and, and that age is something that we should think about in politics, who are we to say that we can't talk about Joe Biden's age? We, we do talk we do, about it, yeah. and we very much can. Who says it? My, my point is, who are the people who claim that it is ageist to talk about his mental decline? Interesting. The people that are his age. Do you think there should be some sort of MOT type of thing for the older generation to be able to yeah. vote or run in parliament? Uh, say that again? What is an MOT? Oh, it might be a British thing. Limit, limit, like, turn, like. So, so, oh my god, I can't believe this is just in England. Um, if you drive a very old car in England, um, I don't even think it's very old. Every, I want to say 10 years, and then it becomes shorter increments of time. Some some amount of time. Um, once that time's expired, it has to have like everything checked. The engine, the wheels, the way the car runs. And then it keeps getting constant checks. Should um, somebody of um, an older generation have to have their... So, so basically mental... a, a litmus test for politicians. Or even if you're vote. capable of governing. So to give, to give a to parallel, to give a parallel example, in in legal situations, my dad every couple of years has to watch a lot of new material in order to be con in in reminding that the, the education he had and that we all have is not necessarily the most updated thing, and that over time you need to continuously be educating yourself on those things. The problem with that is then it becomes a question of okay, so why don't we continually have like to update our um like driver's licenses based on like a recent driving yeah. test I mean, that we have to do it, for self-driving cars there's many there's many ways in which so. yeah yeah but like what i'm saying is like the same way you have to continuously watch new content and learn new content because education should evolve as content evolves um there's an argument to be said for that being a case in voting in politics i don't know it's interesting that this feels such a taboo topic that sort of walks fairly close to the line to the idea of voter suppression or like um, you know disallowing people to run and vote for politics um, but it does feel very important to talk about um, you know whether um, you know these people should have um, a stronger say as someone who maybe is more cognitively aware and all of that but I feel like this is just common sense legislation at that point. I do think that it would have to be done in a very meticulous and like careful way just because the fact that we're a government of the people by the people and because of that we it's very difficult for us to bar people from holding office just yeah. uh, to uphold democratic values. Well, yeah, but I, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't think it's, it's not just about uh age because there are people who are like I think Elizabeth Warren is far more she has far more capable she's less senile than the likes of Joe Biden and Donald right. Trump but I but she's they're the same like age group 
Um, so so, I, right. so it's not necessarily just about age, but it's, it's about functioning. Yeah. So but, then, so then I ask you. I think you're contradicting yourself in terms of why why is something like eighteen is this um, magical number. this magical threshold number for what we define as like the threshold amount of maturity you need to vote. My question is then, if you can, if you like Aton is saying, there's some sort of um, there's some sort of like health slash knowledge quotient mm -hmm. in order to continue to be able to vote. Why couldn't you have a test? that people could pass before they're 18 in order to be able to vote? So that's something that I struggle with, um, you know, when I, when I start um, going down that rabbit hole. Um, I feel that at surface level, this sounds like a good idea. However, I think um, it could very easily and probably would very easily lead to increasing things like the wealth gap. And uh, because, you know, the children or teenagers that would be more informed, I would argue, will be disproportionately coming from uh, wealthier backgrounds, going to being privately educated. Um, and if they get more of a say in society than people who don't fit that demographic, then I feel like society might pull away from helping people in the, uh, say, uh, from a lower socioeconomic background. People that age, one of the biggest differences, not in terms of intellect, but in terms of puberty, is like they're just, they're more raging with hormones than other people like they're more emotional they're always gonna be more emotional and they're more easily radicalized yeah I mean your brain's not fully developed till you're 25 right so okay so my thing is uh, so I think I think it's there's a variety of factors that led us to that, that led us to decide that 18 is the right number uh, I think it's a compromise high pretty much Judaism yeah I think that's pretty much it yeah we did it done uh, the variety of factors that led us to believe that 18 is the right age, and it's, it's a compromise of ideas. And it's saying that you should be involved, but they're not fully they're not fully developed, okay. and that they're old enough to to make decisions that they're going to impact them. But we don't want people. But ideally, we want to we want to minimize the impact of, of 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 youth engaging with certain substances that they shouldn't. So, like, if, if you have the right to vote at 16, if you have the right to vote uh, in decisions regarding like, access to certain substances. Then I don't see why you should be able to be denied the right to access those substances yourself. Uh, so Are you talking about like physical substances, like alcohol, driving. Yeah, I'm talking about like alcohol, weed, whatnot. The thing is, those are all things that can have a a, a large impact on your development, and, and society has stake in in the in the health and potential of their youngest generation. And so to say that, so to say, so it's a compromise in saying that look, decisions you're going to make at 18 can affect your development. But but we but we need you to participate, uh, and but, yeah, but we need you to participate, and if we were to let you, and if we were to bar you from participating any any longer, could inhibit your ability to, in your capacity to participate later on in the future. Interesting. So I've just looked this up um, about the voting age in America, and uh, this article states that protesters began pushing Congress to lower the voting age to eighteen, um, due was to it the fact that from um, twenty one, I believe. Yes, 21. Um, due to the fact that 18 year olds um, were being drafted into the Vietnam War, I suppose 18 year olds because that's sort of generally when people are at like their, have reached sort of their, almost their peak um, physical condition. So they're, um, you know, optimal to be able to fight. And then protesters argued that, well, if I'm fighting in a war, I should be allowed to vote for the war. And that's sort of where that, the idea of 18 year olds voting came from in great American point, society. Great point. The, the difference between 
um, having a vote and participating in the cause. Yeah. Which is the point I'm about to make, which is why then is there a threshold between um, when you can start voting and when you can start running for office? Why is that, that an 18-year-old can vote, but a, only a 35-year-old and above can run for president? I think part of that is what we discussed earlier with the competency, is it tutorial the, the competency threshold, <laughs> the hormonal threshold, um, the development, the developmental threshold of are these people fully developed? We're like obviously we're able to form competent opinions about politics in the world around us at eighteen and nineteen, but are we able to actually make competent decisions under immense amounts of pressure mm -hmm. to govern a country? Let's say, like, in my opinion, the four of us should not be trusted with the nuclear codes. The four of us should not be trusted yet mm -hmm. with, like, starting a war. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait a few yourself. years. Um, but we should not be trusted with, not touching those codes with those type of decisions because we are not fully developed as human beings. So, yeah, so I, I, have, I have two things to say. So, one, in offering a testing system that allows you to participate before the age of 18, it allows for the system that issues that testing to discriminate. So, how, how do we, yeah, how do we determine what's going to be yeah. on that test? So, Everybody experiences the process of aging. It is, it is a universal process of saying everybody's guaranteed, and we're just gonna we're, and we're gonna find a, we're gonna find a compromise between uh, what point and like where in your development. Uh, typically, people are mature enough to, to make these decisions, and also without without allowing for any chance of discrimination. Just just, just as well in, in addressing uh, uh, being eighteen, not being able to run at eighteen. I think it's to do with that. There's a difference between being part of the of the, of the democratic body and participating in, in, in your system. And leading that system from where your decisions have more of an impact. So we need to. So the 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 the, the standard has to be higher for those who are going to be making more impactful decisions, as opposed to your random Joe Schmo. I totally agree with both of you. Um, this is totally an aside and totally not a serious point, but the idea of politics is one man, one vote, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just the idea of one man, one vote, right? So. My question then is, if you're in a situation where um, you have inverted yourself one or more times, and there's eight of you between three and eight of you, do all do all eight of you get a vote? What? Uh, <laughs> and there's eight of you present in the timeline. Do so all of you get a vote? So in a no. brand in a branch who reality, vote? how do you choose who gets the vote? Whoever's in the, the base reality. reality. Whoever's base reality. But they're all there at the same time. But, but what the, if, the, no, the first, not, there's not, one person, and they were the first to invert, and that's the person who gets to vote. Okay, so I'm gonna move but on. But that's still the same person as all the other ones. So I'm gonna move on from Dubs. Um, anyways, anyways. The earliest, the earliest person. <laughs> Tenet references. See, it fucks up everything, including <laughs> democracy, <laughs> shit. Um, you spoke about maturity and that of voting age being 35 or above. Um, I'm gonna use the example of coronavirus responses for a government. Um, I think we could all agree that New Zealand has. Um, had the best governmental response and um, the New Zealand Prime Minister is 40 which is not obviously it's above the threshold um, but barely um, and you, the threshold that we have established would you Wait. loop South Korea in that too as having a really solid response actually I don't know anything about the they, age they've of gone the, back and forth yeah New Zealand I only know about what they did at the beginning the testing everyone locking it down they were very good at first and I wasn't sure would you all agree that society moves with technology and with innovation? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, would you agree that technology um, innovating make, is happening quicker and quicker? These make honey yeah. humans make it's, technology. That's just a fact. That's not something you. So can do, do so. Do you need? Right? Does that then mean you would require somebody younger who's perhaps more adept with technology and therefore can react faster to the changes mm -hmm. in society than somebody of an older generation who's perhaps stereotypically Which, stuck in their ways and wants to do things the 
quote unquote old fashioned way. Which points to why I think that there should be more people in the tech slash um, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial community who choose to run for office and bring those ideas into office. Or you go the other way and we need like more Yang, old white men in the tech so, industry. So I, so I or we need more old white men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would be awful. <laughs> indoctrinate old white men into Silicon Valley. Yes. There are a lot of old white men in Silicon Valley. Um, I think that might be a good place for us to end today's podcast. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Do old white men deserve a spot um, in Silicon Valley? Yeah. That is a question <laughs> I we would like to finish on and would like to ask our viewers. Um, thank you very much for listening, guys. Talking. We'll see you tomorrow.